I'm here with William Bedell of Horseway at the Voltaire Grassroots Championships and a big thank you to Becky Elvin and Jane Tuckwell for permission to record here today amongst all the competitors. Good morning, William. Good morning, Claire. It's lovely to be here at Badminton and the sun is shining. And we're standing by your portable way platform, which you've been asked to bring for use by the competitors at any time during the competition. Firstly, I'd like to ask you how you came to invent the weighing machine and over 30 years ago, and how the business has progressed to be used at such high levels throughout the horse world. Yeah, it was a very interesting start. In 91, I was approached by a certain Ruth Bishop, who was the top nutritionist at Spiller's Equine then, and she came on to a, a show stand of, that I was exhibit at in Staffordshire, um, where I had other developments of mine. And um, she just walked on this trade stand, I remember it well, in November, uh, 1990 actually and she said any chance of you developing and manufacturing a mobile horse weighing scales and the key word there was mobile because apparently um, at that time the only type of weighing platforms or scales in the industry available were big cumbersome things that you had to move with a, a big fork lift and you had to always bring the horses to them Ruth wanted to do it from another angle she wanted to uh, take the way bridges to the horses and way falls in the paddocks way out of um, events like this at grassroots badminton and just have a lot more flexibility um, and then what happened um, over, over these last 30 years we were we've been grinding away um, and I suppose the first 10 years we put a great foundation in with our in, with our company horseway um, in Britain and then we started to focus on export and now, today, we um, have supplied 37 countries. So that must have been a light bulb moment back at the showground to uh, you suddenly realised what you could produce. Yeah, it was. I mean, uh, it was quite an interesting time because the whole art of weighing goes back to 1962, the late Vincent O'Brien, the great Vincent O'Brien, one of the best flat trainers the world's ever seen. And, and if you read his book, you'll see that he talks about weighing his racehorses and getting their optimal winning weights. And that's when weighing really got identified. Um, and, and, and then to be able to sort of build on, the, on, on top of that 30 odd years later was really quite exciting. Yeah, that's amazing. It is used all across the disciplines. I've spoken to Henry Daly, who must have been one of your earliest customers, who trains at Downton near Ludlow, and he uses his constantly to help him decide if the, if the horse is uh, suitable for the race and to adjust accordingly. Yeah, Henry's a lovely man. Um, he's one of our local trainers in Shropshire, a great trainer, has a lovely operation there. And I remember that phone call that came from his head lad that one day. And, and it was evident that he was having not just a great run of form, and this could be about 17, 18 years ago. And his head lad rang and he said, I think I want to weighing scales for this yard. We just don't know why we're just not running as well as we should be. Um, and that was interesting. There was a leading National Hunt trainer who decided to run for the weighing technology to see if he could get himself his yard back on form. So in 2009, William, you were granted the Royal Warrant, which you still retain. That must have been a very proud moment for something you've invented and developed yourself. Yes, I mean, it's probably the key event in the whole of our 30 year history. Um, 
to be granted uh, the, the royal warrant to Her Majesty the Queen. Um, and it's not an easy um, accolade to achieve because you have to supply Her Majesty's studs for up to five years and then you're allowed to apply for it. Um, there are other credentials, other tick boxes to be um, achieved. And then the Royal Warrant Committee we meet once a year and you'll be approved or rejected. Luckily, we were approved and very interesting. Every five years, you'll, you have to reapply and there are more and more tick boxes coming through now, particularly the environmental ones with, uh, with Prince Charles ever getting closer to becoming the king. So it, it, it's a lovely, lovely accolade. It means a lot around the world to the Americans, to the Japanese. And when you're about to go in and get a large contract, say one of the Olympic contracts, um, the, they, they look, they, they'll go and look and it's the seal of approval that wins you over the line to get that big contract. Yes, I do notice that this um, model you have here today is the Olympic model. Yeah, it is. It's our top of the range model. We have 11 models in our range. Back in 91-2 when that Ruth Bishop came to see us, we, we just started with one and it's evolved all the time. Um, and a lot of it's customer feedback of how we can improve. Um, so we've got a narrow range and we've got a wider range, which, which is the Olympic wider meaning up at 1.2 meters wide, which is more inviting for the quirky type horses to walk straight onto. So they can weigh but all gradations of the scale, can't they? They weigh the, what's the lightest thing that they might have to weigh? Yeah, it's a lovely this question. Yeah, it's a lovely question that is, we can start weighing from 0.1 of a kilo, and then we can weigh up to a horse of 1,500 kilos, one and a half tons. Now, 0.1, why is that important? A lot of the leading thoroughbred studs in the world are weighing the mare's placenta, and they've identified, wow. yeah, that's very interesting. It, it is. They've identified, um, a, an optimal thoroughbred placenta would be about 8.5 kilos. Um, and then they've got their reasons if they're, if, if they're lower than the optimum and what they might do if they're above the optimum. To monitor the foal's progress, golly. And the heaviest horse you've ever weighed? 1188. What National, type of horse was that? That was a Suffolk Punch mare um, at the National Stud Trade Fair in Newmarket. Uh, about 20 years ago and we, we, we actually let the horse and hound know about it and they thought it was a record so they published it um, at 11.88 for a Suffolk Punch Mare. That's incredible. Now at the other end of the scale, um, it, it, when a horse is too thin, uh, it, there must be, um, because the equine charities make use of your horseway, so there's that end of the scale, isn't it, when they're used to look after welfare? Yeah, and welfare has become a huge industry um, in Britain and around the world, and so it should be. And, and also, welfare is not just about catching out the people who are not looking after their equine and their donkeys well enough, but it's also about education. World Horse Welfare, as an example, are very big into educating um, people and helping people to look after their horses uh, uh, um, to the optimum. I say the Donkey Sanctuary, that's a very interesting operation um, they are actually our second largest client around the world and they've got um, up to 3,000 donkeys on their farms in Devon and then they're, they're active in about another five or six countries around the world and um, they're doing a great job in, in looking after the donkey and also providing um, um, lovely learning facilities for the, 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 the disabled children um, and the children who need a lot more help at schools.
So, William, what are the most unusual things or amusing things you've ever weighed with your weighing platform? I think what would come to mind there, Claire, would be three different situations. One, um, we were asked to weigh camels out in the Middle East, and I was very taken. I thought, why the hell are we weighing camels? And it was for racing camels, um, and then there were for breeding camels. And the racing camels, interestingly, I was very um, keen to know what a fit racing camel weighs. And the answer to, for that was about 430 kilos. And if you compare that to a fit flat race horse at about 485, it gets you roughly where you are. Um, would, would they, were they biddable? Would they stand on the machine? Were they well behaved? Yeah, they, they were actually using the same model as we've got down here at Grassroots, the, uh, the Olympic model. Um, and it was all very, very easy, um, easy management. Um, the other, we've done a bit of zoo weighing and recently we've supplied the London Zoo and they wanted to weigh their zebras. They got two zebras and they were worried about the weight and, the, and, and keeping them in good condition. So there we were, they've got a weigh bridge stood in the middle of their enclosure and they just weigh to their heart's content. But probably the most funniest thing we've done in our 30 years is we got a, a phone call from ITV one day um, from a programme that Myling Class was presenting. And they said, for your mobile weigh bridges, we need to put one on a, on a TV set. And I said, oh, that's fine. We're not going to be weighing horses, are we? And said, they said, no, no, no. We're going to be weighing over, overweight policemen. I said, good God. And um, anyhow, what it was, they needed, to put, they needed one of our weigh bridges to get quickly onto set and weigh 10 overweight policemen and police ladies. And then um, three months later, they were going to have a weigh-in to see how much the total 10 had lost. And so we had to go back three months later to repeat the exercise. And to me, that was the funniest thing we've ever done. That must have been. I can see from the way platform today that it's been used an awful lot. And the competitors have really appreciated it. And it seems to be a really good tool for assessing your horse for all sorts of reasons. Uh, the, what sort of reasons would, they, would it help them with? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, I think I would start with that. I was asked to get the Weybridge here down at Grassroots at the start of the week. So it arrived on the Monday morning. Um, and the reason they wanted it then, because for their horses traveling a distance from Scotland and up in North Yorkshire, for instance, um, a lot of those horses were wanting to weigh as soon as they arrived to see what weight loss has occurred because of transit. We found over the years that um, uh, when horses are traveling and you look at these equine athletes, um, a lot of them can lose more in transit than they can actually during the competition or, or on the race course. And you need to identify those, those poor travelers and be ready to rehydrate them um, and not uh, perhaps arrive them a little bit earlier at the competitions if they need to settle and get themselves ready for competing. So transit lost is quite important. Um, now, the next thing I suppose is then they'll want to, to, once they've got them back to the optimal weight, they'll be weighing during the competition and talking to the competitors here today and the support teams, they've been weighing every day and particular of interest will be the weight after cross country, especially if they've, that's the last phase. And if they've had a really good dressage followed by a good show jumping and a clear cross country within the time, then that you could say is, and, and, and they're, they're well up the leader's board, that you could say that that's that, that horse's optimal running weight. 
I'm sure um, you, you've had good feedback already and I'm sure it's an extremely valuable tool for assessing their horse and learning more about their training and uh, their welfare. Thank you very much, William. The following two interviews are with two competitors who arrived early on the Monday morning. Apologies for some wind interference with the first one, but it is still fascinating to listen to her. With both Stephanie's, it is easy to understand how they've both done so well in the competition. It's lovely to be able to congratulate Stephanie Johnson, who's just finished all three phases in the BE100 with her eight-year-old thoroughbred nightdress, which is an ex-flat horse by Rip Van Winkle. So huge congratulations to you. Thank you. Uh, you must be one of the furthest travelled in the yes. competition. <laughs> so, uh, and you weighed when you got here to assess the travel, uh, yeah. the effect of the travel and how did you find that? So I was pleasantly surprised that um, she came in at 518 kilograms. Which is the so you noticed a slight drop in weight as you did each phase, did you? Yeah, so even just overnight, so the after the first night she dropped down to 510 kilograms, so she dropped 8 kilograms overnight and I think that uh, the travelling and being away from home maybe caught up with her more after she'd had her first night in her stable. She didn't eat a huge amount the first night and I think she'd maybe just spent the first night resting a little bit and therefore her weight had dropped. So but it's been really interesting. Yes. Um, I am told that feeding a horse is retrospective. So now after the competition, you know how to restore the energy that's been used. Yeah, absolutely. So she's got, she'll be having a recovery mash after competition and she will then be going, uh, she'll get extra electrolytes in her feed this evening and she will have access to lots of fresh water for the rest of the evening so it'll be interesting to see tomorrow morning how that influences her uh, weight. Well it's lovely for people at home to be able to listen to your experience and um, because you've reached the place where everybody would love to be here with yeah. your lovely horse so congratulations to you. Thank you very much for sparing the time Thank to talk you. to Horseway and the podcast. Thank you. Now, Stephanie Batty has just completed all her phases of the grassroots and she's ridden Atty Rory Mate, a 13-year-old Connemara Irish draft um, in the BE 100 Championship. So congratulations you to you, Stephanie. <laughs> now, he weighed in at 612 kilograms after your long drive from West Yorkshire. Uh, you've just competed... And I'd just like to really ask you how the horseway has helped you manage your horse's uh, competition today. Yeah. It's uh, definitely important to uh, understand how um, how easily your horse is settled into a competition. Uh, obviously, you don't want them to stress, lose weight, um, because they could tie up, they could lose valuable electrolytes and sweat. And it's quite important to monitor the weight to see how they are in settling to a new environment. You don't want them to lose any weight and, and, and cause any harm to the horse. So it's hugely reassuring yes, for you. It is, yeah. I, yeah. I've got weight tape at home, so I do. I did in before we came. Uh, and it's it's a good indication um, to, to understand how, 
um, fit your horses. I'm sure Horseway would be delighted <laughs> that you've enjoyed this new facility that you yeah. have provided. So for anyone at home who's longing to do what you've done, um, how could you advise them about preparing their horse yeah. for a, such a competition? Uh, preparation starts way before Christmas. It's not just a two-week and a almost go around across country course. It's it's months of dedication, hard work, and forward planning. You can't just two weeks before and go, ah, oh, we'll go across country schooling. You've kind of like got to plan your events out before badminton, uh, your winter preparations, if you're going to do any winter dressage. Or, so it's um, all in the preparation. Yeah, definitely. And weighing your horse is such a, an extra yeah. insight into yeah. his well-being. Definitely, and getting the feed right and making sure he's got enough energy and he's fit enough to, to complete the cross-country in well, our two days. Congratulations to you. Thank you ever so much Thank for you. talking to me, Steph. Moving on to the social side of badminton, the shopping avenues are buzzing. The Start Smart stand selling high quality children's clothes is where I encountered Rachel Cook and Fiffa Phipps. Now Rachel is the author of the Cheshire Hunt's international cookery book, Hunting for a Recipe, and Fiffa owns the wonderful children's clothing company, Start Smart, which sells all the traditional children's clothes. Um, first of all, what's the connection between the two of you? Well, many moons ago, we met at uh, Ewart Place in Oxford, uh, where we were on a sort of three-month cookery course. And uh, before we went there, we had to, you know, answer questions, you know, what, what are your interests to pair us up with like-minded people? And we both obviously put hunting and horses and pony club, and then we, that's how we met. So we shared a room together in Summertown in, in Oxford. With, well, a, with, a, with a slightly batty lady. Yes. In the summertime, yeah, she was a bit bonkers, but she was very good. She did look after us, yeah. Well, it was quite an emotional reunion between the two of you, so it must have been many moons ago, over 25 years ago? Uh, yeah. We're not, we're not <laughs> letting on how <laughs> no. old we are, but <laughs> we, I think we were 18, yeah. 17, Pass 18. on that question. Yeah, yeah. 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 That was wonderful. Yeah. I think I've seen quite a few people re reuniting at Badminton here after many years, so it's, it was great to see. Now, Fifa, all those years ago, did you have any idea that Rachel would publish a cookery book? Well, no, actually, probably thinking back, it's not a massive surprise because she was hugely efficient and, and seemed was to do everything. Yeah, really neat. You were neat. You were very tidy. And so, actually, probably not a massive surprise. No. Gosh, that is a huge insight. Now, Rachel, <laughs> yes, yes. all those years ago, did you have any idea that Philip Biffa would become a fashion retailer? Well, no, <laughs> because <laughs> because she never hit the shops at the weekend. She always buzzed back off to Ledbury to go hunting. Um, so, but actually, she did invite me out for a weekend and had a super time. Pigeon House. In yes. fact, the Ledbury are in the cookery book with their um, fillet of beef and Herefordshire sauce. I bet that's really tasty. Yeah. Now, it seems to me you were both brought up in a similar way. Um, you both are from farming backgrounds and involved with the countryside and your horses. This sort of upbringing, do, have you continued it with your children or do you see any changes that have happened since... Oh, there obviously are changes, but very much try to do um, what our parents did for us and, and give Harry and Chloe, my two, every opportunity to, to ride, to play tennis, to do everything as well as they can, but be out and about and just do 
good healthy self yeah yeah totally agree with that because we had such an idyllic childhood and you just want the same for yours and then you know it's up to them if they carry that on what then what they take from it yeah yeah it seems to me that you're both very well matched in oxford what is it about coming to badminton that you enjoy the most for me, I mean, I just remember coming as a child. I mean, not, not with the Pony Club or anything, but with um, friends and parents and being given sort of two pounds and uh, we'll see you at the end of the day. Don't spend it all, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and I probably Thrifty. didn't know me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just love coming, spending time with my sister, having a coffee by the uh, school board in Badminton Park and meeting up with, like you say, Pony Club friends, mm. which I have done this time. Yeah, Pony Club's a big thing, yes. actually. Yes, yeah. 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 Well, thank you both for talking to me and uh, such a lovely story that you reunited. <laughs> I, and I'd love to take a photograph of you both now. Thank you ever so much for talking to me. Pleasure. Thank you.